Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. This is an amazing story in 2 Kings chapter 7. And I want to summarize it, then I'm going to bring out a few texts, a few key scriptures, and then we're going to jump over to Matthew chapter 8. But Syria has invaded the region called Samaria. And they have come in, and I mean they have taken everything that these Samaritans have. If you were a city back then, you weren't no city unless you had a wall. The greatest form of defense was a a wall around your city. You kept people out and you kept people in. It was the greatest thing you could have as a city was a wall. This city had a wall. Somehow this enemy though got inside the wall and they the Syrians just demolished these Samaritans this this city of Samaria and it was uh, so bad that a famine took over the land uh, there was no food there was no there was no grain there was no animals uh, for, for working the fields, there was nothing. The Syrians had taken everything that they had. It was so bad that they uh, got down to cannibalism. You know what that is? Eating humans. In fact, we read in, in, in right before chapter 7 where the king uh, Jehoram of, of God's chosen people, he, he, he is stopped by a woman and the woman says, King, you got to help us. And the king said, How can I help you? I can't even help myself. God can't even help us. And she said, You've got to help me. She's crying. She said, You've got to help me. We're starving to death and because our hunger is so, so bad, uh, we have... I made a deal with this lady. She said, if you'll take your child and boil it, we'll eat it and live. And the next day, you can have my child. We'll eat it so that we can live. And I see the disgust on your faces. First, it lets me know you ain't ever read this part in the Bible. No condemnation here. Some of you are wondering, am I reading the Holy Bible? And I am. And then some of you are thinking, how disgusting. But let me tell you, sin will take you, keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. Anybody listening to me? See, the people are in this condition, I should add, because of their rebellion. Instead of repenting as a city, as a people, as a country, instead of repenting, they continue in their rebellion 
And God takes His hand of protection off of them. You say, well, I would never do that. You better be careful what you say you'd never do. If you're living in sin right now, see, some of us, and let me, let me, I didn't state this earlier, but I should state it now. Sin has no place in your life. You know why? Because sin steals, kills, and destroys. You say, Pastor, are you preaching this because you're perfect? No, I'm preaching because I've sinned enough in my life to know that sin only takes and it only gives a hard time. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, this is one of those churches that condemns. No, this is one of those pastors, though, that will take you by the hand and snatch you out of the pit of hell if I have to. It's a church that will say, I'm not going to leave you like we found you. You're not going to stay in the mess that you're in. Come out. But listen, we, even church, even Christians, take sin lightly. We make sin a pet. And we take little Bobo, and we pet little Bobo, and we talk to Bobo, and some of y'all think Bobo talks to y'all. And then when you get done playing with Bobo, you take Bobo and put him in his little crate, because you're done with little Bobo, but Bobo ain't done with you. That's how we do sin. We take sin out when we want. Anybody listening to me today? It's all right? That's how we do sin. We take sin out for a little bit. We, take it, we, we use it as a pet. We treat it like a pet. We take it out for a little bit and we pet it. We play with it. Then we put it in the crate when we're done. Here's the thing, though. Bobo don't like to stay in the crate. Can I get some real people here? Tell me what section I can preach to that will smile to me and nod their head. Just wave your hand if that's you. I need to t- right over here. All right, listen. Bobo don't like to stay in a crate. I didn't never have a Bobo, but I had a Fin Fin. And I remember putting Fin as we left in the crate. You remember this? I locked him up in the crate. He was a, what kind of dog was he? He's a Yorkie. And we put him in the crate and we left. I got home. I come home early. And when I opened the door, there was Finn. I thought, what? How did you get out of the crate? I told Finn, I said, Finn, bad boy. Don't get out of the crate. What are you doing? You know you're supposed to stay in the crate. And then I thought, bad boy, no. My dog has superpowers. I went up to the crate, y'all. It was locked. I thought, I looked back at Finn. I looked back at the crate. I thought, how did you do this? I was thinking, my dog is the smartest dog in the world. My dog opened the crate up, got out of the crate, locked the crate back. I'm going to the circus. I'm going to make millions. I'm on a high now. What Bobo or Fin Fin done wasn't so bad until I opened the bathroom. Then I thought, 
Dead fin fin. <laughs> no, I didn't kill him. He made a mess. You see, sin don't like to stay in the crate. And sin, when it gets out of the crate, just when you think you got, you think you sin, no sin's got you. You think you've got it taken care of. No, sin's got you. And right when you think you've got sin taken care of and, 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 and you know when to bring it out and you know when to put it up, when you think it's up, it's out. And it will make a mess out of your life. Am I preaching right now? Am I preaching right now? It will make a mess out of your life. Friend, don't create sin Kill sin. Don't put sin up. Put sin out. Get it out of your home. Get it out of the walls of your life. Get it out. Nothing to play with. So now you say, oh, oh my God, I can believe cannibalism. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. And these people are struggling and dying as a result of sin. I want to try to shorten this story the best I can. The prophet Elisha says, y'all need to repent. They don't repent. The king says, I'm sick of this. I'm going to kill the prophet. See, instead of dealing with sin, we'll get mad at the preacher. Huh? No, you won't get mad at me. You can't get mad at me. You'll get mad at the church. I don't like that church. He talks about sin too much. Or whatever. These people done the same thing. They got mad at the prophet. And the king said, I'm going to chop his head off. He goes to his house, but he's a prophet. So God told him. And he said, hey, the king's coming to chop your head off. I wouldn't let him in if I were you. You can read it, it's there. The prophet said, okay. He said, hey, the king's coming. He told the people in the house, the king's coming. Whatever you do, don't let him in because he wants to chop my head off. So now they have this conversation at the door. And he said, hey, why you won't chop my head off? He said, because I'm tired of living like this. So Elisha said, well, why don't you repent? He said, I don't want to repent. When is God going to do something about this? And the prophet said, well, tomorrow. Tomorrow he will. King said, tomorrow? He said, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, you can get a bag of flour, pennies on the dollar. Tomorrow, you'll be able to get grain all you want. All you do is show up, just whatever. Just give them a little bit of something. It, won't, it ain't going to cost hardly nothing. The king says, what are you talking about? We're in a famine. Well, there was somebody with him, the captain. The captain was with him, and the captain said, have you lost your mind? Look what he says, chapter 7. Verse 2. Then the captain, the king's right-hand man, responded to the man of God, Look, even if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, could this really happen? Elisha announced, You will in fact see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat any of it. Are y'all with me right now? So there's a famine in the land. The prophet says, there's going to be so much food tomorrow. Now, let me tell you how bad it was. I told you they, were, they were, had resorted, it resorted to cannibalism. They, they're, now they're eating human flesh, but they were also eating donkey heads and dove dung. 
Somebody say, that's bad. That don't make hot dogs look too bad, does it? Some of y'all mad today because you got to go home and eat a hot dog. Well, thank God for the hot dog. Get up there today and just praise the Lord. Have a little Holy Ghost shout right there before you eat your red hot dog. I pray the Lord some of you ain't eating red ones. Them are the most disgusting thing. Get a brown one. Get a brown one. I won't hear none of that. Don't, don't, I won't hear none of it. Don't tell me about no Andy Delights either, Jason. I don't care nothing about it. That is disgusting. And he said, oh yeah, it's going to happen. You'll see it, but you won't eat any of it. When I was reading this, I thought, you know what? Man, that explains a lot. I come here under the anointing of God, and I preach a message that God's given me. I see people run down to the altar and say, I, need, I want it. Give it to me. Give it to me. I'm tired of this bondage. And they walk out of here free. Free as a bird. Then at the same time, there's people who say, who hear the same gospel. They hear the same message. They see it with their own eyes. God delivering people, yet they walk out in bondage. And I said, God, how can that be? And God said, because they'll see it with their own eyes, but they will not taste of it. And God said, taste and see that I am good, that I am the Lord. Well, he told the captain, he said, you'll see it with your own eyes, but you won't eat any of it. So now we jump to another part of the story. Look what it says. Now four men with a skin disease. Lepers. You know what leprosy is? Leprosy is the worst skin disease probably that one could ever have. In fact, it'll cause your ears to fall slap off your face. Your skin rots off the bone. Extreme infection. It's the worst disease one can have back then. I would say even now, you experience all the feeling and all the pain. And, and not only are you going through that, you're isolated. You're, you're put outside the city. And here, here's where these four men were. Are y'all with me? Now four men with a skin disease were at the entrance to the city gate. They couldn't come into the city. Everywhere they went, they'd have to say, unclean. They weren't allowed to go in the city. They were outside the gate. You think the famine was bad inside. Imagine if you were a leper and you depended on the benevolence of people. Scraps from others. There were no scraps. Are y'all with me? So it was terrible inside the gate. It was even worse outside the gate. These four men with a skin disease were in the entrance to the city gate and they said to each other, one day, one was scratching the other's back, the other was scratching their back. One said, man, your ear's about to fall slap off. The other one said, man, you ought to look at your nose. This is terrible. And they're sitting outside, propped up, and they're standing up. <laughs> they're sitting down, actually. They're sitting down and they thought, well, I guess we're fixing to die. And one of the lepers said, mm, I don't know. Why just sit here 
until we die. And I pray to God, somebody this morning, we had somebody give their life to Jesus. Her name was Bethany. She was 21 years old. And she come down to the altar, tears running down her face. She didn't care what people said. She didn't care what people thought. She came to this altar and she said, I need Jesus today. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm tired of suffering with sin. I'm tired of living as a leper. She didn't care. She, you know what she said? She said, she said I'm not going to sit here and die. I'm going to get up and live. That's what this leper said. This leper said, I know it's bad. It's bad in the city. We can sit here. If I sit here, I'm going to die. Either leprosy's going to get me or starvation's going to get me. But, or I can get up. And he said, what if we just went? What if we just went, left this city, he said, we could go into the city, we'll die there because the famine is there, but if we sit here, we'll also die. Then the next verse says, so now, come on, and let's surrender. Let's go to the, the Syrian camp. Now, I meant to tell you, after they siege the enemy, this is the enemy, and they siege the city, they just camped right outside the wall there. So every time... God's chosen people get up in the morning, they look outside the window, and there's the enemy that just wiped them out, waiting them out. Let me say this. Satan will wait you out. He's always there waiting. He's got time to wait on you. And he's waiting on you and he's watching where he can jump on you and attack you. Seeking whom he may devour. He said, let's go over there. They may kill us. They may not. But if we sit here, we're going to die. And I want to preach now for the next 12 minutes. Some of y'all just said, yeah, right, in your spirit, I heard you. I want to preach. You say, I thought you was preaching. No, that was my introduction. I want to preach a message entitled for the next 12 minutes. Sit here, die, or get up and live. Stay here and die, or get up and live. Well, the Bible says they got up off the wall they went to the city, or uh, in this tent city. There was just tent set up where the enemy was. And they got there. When they got there, they looked around. They said, four of them. It was a miserable sight. They're all ate up. And they hobble over there and they look around and say, there ain't nobody here. Where are they at? They said, we don't know. Maybe we should turn around. One of them looks kind of like me probably. Said, I don't know if we should. There's a bunch of food in this tent over here. Maybe we should. Maybe we should eat some of it. So they go in the tent. Man, they get in there, they look, there's fried chicken there. There's, there's meatloaf there. There's mashed potatoes and gravy. One of them says, My Lord, look over here. There's a pecan pie. Cheesecake. 
They get in that tent, they start eating. I mean, they're, they ain't ate nothing. I mean, now their belly's all swole. 30 minutes of eating, they get out. One of them's got barbecue sauce all over his mouth. He wipes it and says, you know what? This ain't right. They said, what you mean this ain't right? He said, no, this ain't right. Verse 9. They said to each other, we're not doing what's right. Today is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until morning, our punishment will catch up with us. So let's go tell the king's household. They said, this is good news. Those people over there, they're starving to death. And here we are, we're eating. This is good news. And I'm telling you right now, there is a world outside of this church and they are starving to death. There is a world outside of this church. They've got something wrapped around their arm right now so they can see a vein that ain't already been blown up so they can shoot something in their arm so they can get through a day. There's a person right now who's already on his second 12-pack this morning and he's trying to drink himself to death because he can't stand his life. But I'm telling you, we've got some good news. We've got some good news. There's a world that's starving to death. They're dying, but we've got good news. I know where some food is. I know where some hope is. I know where freedom's found. Come on, church. I said, I know where freedom's found. I don't know. I don't know if this church, I don't know if the church is going to make it. I don't know if, if the world really needs a church. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care how's the, how, how, how the economy is doing. This message never runs out of uh, out, it never out of order. It, it'll never go out of fashion. Do you understand? It'll no, never go out of style. The world needs this. Right now, some of you are in here today. You need this. You need this. This is good news. You tried to live without it, and you can't anymore. You've come to a place where you said, I can either get up and live, or I can stay here and die. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I said, anybody know what I'm talking about? I can stay in my sin or I can get up. Matthew chapter 8. I want to take your attention. We'll move from the Old Testament now to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 8. Here's another man with leprosy. Jesus has just delivered his sermon on the mount. The greatest message one could ever hear. And this Matthew points out a leper. I want to tell you something. Leprosy represents sin. In the Bible... The reason leprosy was used so much because leprosy represented sin. Why you say that, Pastor? First, it was incurable. Second, it grew worse. Third, it isolates you and separates you from the people that love you. Tell me, it, tell me, it don't represent sin. And the law, and and the Jewish law said one who was 
with sin in their life would have to shout all the time, unclean. Jesus has just come down from preaching and he's walking down the mountain. And outside the edge of the city is a leper. And he's looking. He thinks, now, I know Jesus is up there on that mountain. And there's a chance he's at the edge of the city. He don't want people to see him because if people see him, if he gets around people, they'll run him off, if not kill him. And he's standing there and he knows Jesus is there because there's a crowd that now at this time that's always around Jesus. And this leper no doubt has heard about the things that Jesus has done like deliver the demoniac and heal the paralyzed and all these things, even raise the dead. And he thinks, he thinks, maybe if I could get to Jesus, but if, I, if the people see me, they may kill me, but if I sit here, I'm going to die anyway. And he's standing at the edge of the city and thinks, I think I'll, I think I'll go. I think I'll go. I think I'll get to Jesus. I think I'll run. I'll, I'll just fall at his feet. That's what I'll do. I, I know he can heal me. The Bible says it. it we'll read it in just a minute. I know he can if he will. Let me say this to you right now. I know God can, can save you. But let me say this. It's his will to want to save you today. Some of you think right now I'm in such a big mess. My life is such a mess. God, there's no way that God could want me. There's no way that God could accept me. Well, he woke me up to tell you this morning, if I have no other reason to live, it's to declare the marvelous, wonderful grace of God and to tell you, yes, he wants you. Yes, he wants you. Yes, he will accept you today. And when the Lord came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. Next verse. The leper said, this is my moment. Now I want you to think about this condition of this man. Not only is he dying, but there was a time in his life where he had to kiss his wife for the last time. See, to have leprosy is to say, I've got to leave everything that I've got. I've got to be isolated. So there was a time, are y'all listening to me? Where this daddy had to tell his kids, son, honey, I'm going away. Where are you going, daddy? I, I've, I've got to go. Daddy, well, what do you mean you got to go? When you coming back, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know when I'm coming back. Well, Daddy, is there something wrong? Something wrong, Daddy? Yeah, I, I just, I, I can't. Well, Daddy, give me a hug. No, I can't. Don't come over here. 
The daughter runs up, Daddy, Daddy, no, 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 stay. Listen, I love you, but Daddy, you, I can't hug you. Daddy, you can't, I, can't have, you, I can't have a kiss. You're leaving. You're being dramatical, Pastor. Oh, I wish I could be more dramatical. I wish I could show you what sin does. It rips daddy from children, mama from children. It'll cause a woman or a man to want a drug more than they want a relationship with their child and their daughter. It'll cause a man to walk away from a good woman to sleep with a whore. Vice versa. And I have... Jamie, talk to way too many people sitting on that couch. There's too many, there's too many, there's too many tear stains on that floor. Where I talk to people after sin has had their way. That's why I'm standing here today with passion and zeal to tell you before it's too late, before it's too late. Before you lose everything you've got. Before you lose your children. Before you lose your influence. Before your character is thrown out the window. I'm telling you. Go to Jesus. Run to Jesus. This leper. This leper looks. He says, okay. I'm going to do it. If I can just get to... Listen. If I can just get to Jesus before the people get to me. He had to make his way through a crowd. The Bible says there was a large crowd. If the people would have seen this leper, you know what they would have done? They would have, they would have probably killed him to keep themselves safe. And he said, if I can get to Jesus before the people get to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. What am I saying today? They're, you're in a race. I'm talking to somebody right now. You are in a race. Do you hear me? You're in a race for your life. You've got to get to Jesus before the sin gets to you. Can I say it like this? You've got to get to Jesus before death gets to you. Well, I'm young. It doesn't matter. I'm in good health. It doesn't matter. My, my, oh, how about this? I, my, my wife don't know. Not yet. My children don't know. I'm hiding it from them. Your children are smarter than you think they are. This is nothing to play about. And until you see yourself as a leper... You'll never know Jesus as a Savior. You'll never know Jesus as a healer. There's a, there's a disease, Jamie, that is greater than leprosy. You know what it is? Pride. Pride will take more people to hell than anything. Hell is full of people that were prideful. But there is no pride in hell. Oh, no. 
I'll tell you where you'll lose all your pride. You'll lose all your pride in hell. But here's the problem. You'll lose your pride, but it'll be too late. Not only have you lost your pride at that point, you've lost all hope. You've lost all hope. But today, 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 Jesus is coming off the mountain. Today, Jesus is here. Today, Jesus is in the house. Today, He's here. Oh, He's here. He's here. He's here. You can sit there till you die, or you can get up and live today. Do you hear me? You can sit here, and let me tell you, I'd rather go to hell. It'd be better for you to go to hell. I ain't going to hell. But it'd be better for somebody to go to hell from a drug house than from God's house. It'd be better to you, for you to go to hell having an affair than you to go to hell hearing the gospel every day, every week. Hell will be hotter for you, friend. Hell will be better for the person who never heard the gospel than the person who had a preacher like me hollering it from the top of my lungs, screaming it, shouting it, preaching it under the anointing of God. There's one thing about it, friend. There's one thing about it, friend. You will not say. You will not be able to say. You will not be able to say, well, I didn't hear it. Well, I, nobody ever told me. Everybody standing in here, sitting in here today, and everybody listening today online, no, you heard the gospel today, and you'll either stay seated or you'll get up and live. You'll stay in your sin or you'll get up and live. Can God do it for me? Let me tell you what God can do. A couple of weeks ago, this may be too much for you to handle. A couple of weeks ago, we're baptizing people. Somebody taps me on the shoulder and says, we got a situation outside. I'm thinking, well, surely y'all can handle it. They said, well, there's a guy, and I'm, he's faced, I'm looking at people, talking to him about being baptized and smiling, and this person's telling me in my ear, uh, we think he's, uh, he's demon-possessed. Okay, I'll be out there in just a minute. We walk out there. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, at this point now, I can care less what you believe. <laughs> I can care less now. Uh, Lisa said, I'll, I'll, at least this was funny to me. You came out there. You've seen all the going on. Lisa said, uh, is there any need for medical assistance? I said, nah, he's demon possessed. She said, okay. <laughs> Good. I'm an RN, and <laughs> I'm leaving right now. And uh, <clears throat> we walked out there. I walked out there, and it was it was a condition that you could only. Uh, it was bad. Long story short, I remembered how Jesus cast out demons, and that's what we done.
Jesus didn't holler at him. He didn't scream at him. He didn't fight with him. He said, tell me your name. That's what we done. That demon, demonic spirit opened, talked through this man. Did he not? Some of you were there. I'm not making this up. If you were there, lift your hands. If you were there, see? I said, what is your name? I command you to tell me your name. And he opened up his mouth and he told me his name. The black, the eyes of this man was black. And I said, well, I command you in the name of Jesus. I bind and rebuke you and I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. And guess what happened? In the name of Jesus. That thing left his body, fell to the ground. He got up and tears, his eyes was clear, y'all. And he got up with tears running down his eyes. Did he not? Tears running down his face. I said, I've got to go in here and preach. <coughs> I said, y'all clean him up and y'all bring him in here to church. He came in here to church at the altar call. I said, if you want to get saved today, <coughs> come to the altar. You're ready. You're tired of running. And uh, Randy came down to the altar. Tears running down. Not black eyes. Not anger. <coughs> not throwing men around. But with tears rolling down his face. We, him and along with several others that day gave their lives to Jesus. Let me tell you, he, he called me two days ago. His wife is sick. She's having a baby. And he called me two days ago. Put me on FaceTime. And he said, Pastor, he said, I'm up here at the hospital. Will you join me and my wife in prayer? I know God can heal and deliver. No! Say, well, I know Randy. Well, I don't care if you know him or not. I didn't. I don't have to know him. I, I, I know. I know him. Took me two minutes right there to know him, but I know this. And he's a work in progress. But I'll tell you this: he is not the same man he used to be. I'll tell you that right now. I said he ain't the same man he used to be. This is what God can do. So I, I'm I told you to tell you this. As the musicians and singers come, you are not too far gone. The Bible says that the leper made his way to Jesus. And Jesus... Well, look right here. It says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Next verse. And reaching out his hand. Listen to me. Don't miss the best part. Reaching out his hand, he touched the leper. Jesus touched him. 
Oh my Lord, for decades this man ain't been touched. Years maybe. This man hasn't been touched. Nobody's going to touch this man. He's got leprosy. But Jesus said, oh yeah, I can and I am willing. And he touched the leper. And when he did, immediately, immediately, just like out there, just like in here today with Bethany, 21 years old, tears flowing down her face. She's all, she's just, the conviction of the Lord is all over her. And the Father drew her to this place. And the moment she placed her faith in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what she'd done. It doesn't matter where she'd been. It doesn't matter who she'd done it with. I'm telling you right now, immediately, Jesus touched her. And she was cleansed. Jesus said, all right, go show yourself to the priest. That's what he told her. He went to the priest. The priest was the one who could declare you healed or not. And the priest looked at him and said, Now, what are you here for? I, uh, I'm just checking to see if I got leprosy. The priest looked at him and said, Have you ever had it before? See, the Lord... When he touches you, you won't look like what you've been through. When you tell your testimony, people think you're lying. There ain't no way you've done that. Oh, yeah, I've done that and so much more. There ain't no way you've been through that. Oh, yeah, I've been through it, and I know that's just the grace of God. I don't look like what I've been through. I know I don't sound like what I've been through, but if you know. But that's what God will do. Yeah, that priestess do what now? And then it hits him. Wait just a minute. Hold on just a minute. PK, come here. He looks at him. Hold on. Wait. Come out and get out here in the light where I can see you. Stop. Don't get too close. I don't believe it. My. TK? What? The last time I seen you, I remember when you had to leave your family. The last time I seen you at the edge of the city, I couldn't even look at you. There ain't no way. Oh, God. TK, what did you do? Where'd you go? Tell me the doctor. Who was it? What medicine did you take? There's so many people right now they could, they could benefit from, 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 from what you've done. What did you do? Huh? Jesus. Jesus who? What? Oh, you're going to preach now. <laughs> I didn't know you was going to preach. Then get this man a microphone. Do what? Uh, what, what, what did Jesus do for you? What else did he do for you? What else did he do for you? He did a lot of things for me. Uh, tell me, tell me some more. He delivered me from homosexuality. Huh? Who did? Jesus Who did? Jesus Christ. Who did? Jesus Christ. Who did? Jesus Christ. Hey! Jesus did. 
Jesus did. Jesus did. Thank you. Stand to your feet if you ain't already standing. Jesus did. Jesus did. And Jesus is doing today, right now, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter how many drugs you're pushing, no matter how many pills you're popping. One touch. And you know what the Bible says in Jude chapter 1, verse 24? The priest finally, he said, man, I don't see no leprosy in you. You're healed. And Jude chapter 1, verse 24 says this, Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and make you stand in the presence of his glory, watch this, without blemish. Only God can do that. One day you can stand before God and when God sees you, He'll see no blemish. You'll be without blemish and with great joy. Oh, hallelujah. Sorrow may last for the night, but joy, 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 joy comes in the morning. You've been bound and oppressed and depressed and discouraged. But today, one touch from Jesus will change your life. I'm asking you, ma'am, sir, ch child, teenager, oh, come to the altar. I'm asking you right now, yeah, you don't, yeah, that's right. Don't be ashamed. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay right here. Now, I'm asking you this morning, you can sit there and die, or you can get up and live. You've tried it all. You've tried to fix it yourself. It don't work. Today you say, well, if somebody else will come, I'll come. They've come. Now I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you right now. If the Lord is dealing with you, if the Lord is dealing with you, sir, ma'am, I don't care how old you are or how young you are. If God's dealing with you right now, I'm asking you. You know, there was a desperation. There was a desperation to this man. I want to ask you, are you desperate today? Are you desperate today? If you sit there, you're going to die. Quit trying to cover it up. And come out. If you're a Christian and you've backslid, come home. If you've never given your life to Jesus, run to this altar today. Run to this altar.
We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.